Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Probably could have done two hours on the Niners. You could fill that was infinity. Season. You could fill infinity hours talking about this team and the arc that they have taken to get here and where they go from here, the mistakes that were made, the unbelievable successes they've had coming from random uh, developmental pieces here and here and here. Like, this is the most interesting team to talk about in the NFL. Sorry, it's not the Jets. It's the Niners. Um, and I was very resistant to believe that they were as good as they were all year last year. And I own that. I did not bet against them as often as it would have seemed, considering I just had general pessimism, mostly because I was kind of hopeful that I would get a huge ass Seahawks ticket for the West Home. Oh, <laughs> but... yeah. No, I think, I think you, were an- you were anchored to that. I, I was anchored. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful bet by you, but no, yeah. The- if you go back and really look, and this is probably sacrilege because you can't weight defense anywhere near you weigh how you weight offense ever, much less in today's NFL. But if you look yeah. at the metrics on both sides of the ball up and down and look at different ways of ranking and rating and you know evaluating teams, might have been the best team in the football league to last year. They were they were very very good and it's crazy how they like they were 3 and 4 at one point so th- yeah. this is this is a wild stat too they were 3 and 4 but they were also the first team to clinch their division <laughs> that is um, freaking crazy well i mean, I mean they, they, you know they, take, they won take their it last a, 12 take it or 10 a, games take, in a row take it a step further man what were their losses in there, three oh and four. God. So that's the thing too. The the disgusting, ugly loss in the first week in the the monsoon to the Bears. The Bears would only win two more games that year. They had a terribly ugly one in Denver. Um, obviously, Denver would not go on to win a lot of games last Insane year. Insane scoreline, eleven to ten. It was eleven to ten. Yes, the ugly one in in Kansas City, which uh, or excuse me, in Atlanta, which was. Almost a hundred percent predicated on turnovers. They lost the turnover battle three nil. Oh uh, one of those turnovers was a, a fumble recovery that was basically in the end zone. If I remember right, Mariota threw for like one hundred and twenty yards in that game. Like that was kind of in the the part of the year where it's like, oh my god, this guy's not even good. What do we, like we need we need Ritter at this point. Um, they they didn't do a whole lot except you know just hey if you're going to turn the ball over three times and we take care of it, run the ball. We're going to win this. They won that by two touchdowns. Obviously, you can cut them some slack for the Kansas City loss. People do lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. But the other three games that they lost were just horribly ugly affairs. And, yeah, after that Kansas City game, they were sitting yeah. there at three and four. Uh, they would not lose a game again where they had a quarterback with a working arm on the roster. Yeah. Andy, uh, do, you know, do you know what the common thread Um between those three teams they lost to with the uh, Bears, Broncos, and uh, and Falcons. They all finished with top eight picks. The Broncos didn't make their pick because they sent it to Seattle, but yeah. <laughs> these were bad teams, and they lost to them early in the season. Very confounding. Like, if you replay the season 
a dozen times. I looked at those box scores. It's just wild. And like this is like the insane thing. The plan last year to start the season was, all right, we're competing for a Super Bowl, and we're going to do it with Trey Lance. Jimmy is in a different field practicing by himself, so he's not a distraction. No one will offer us a bag of balls for Jimmy Garoppolo. We can't cut him in good conscience, so we're going to keep him around and see if he gets healthy. Oh, by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo, week two, you're in. Um, and you're the guy. What was <laughs> the Lance, what was the Lance injury? It was ankle, broken ankle. Yeah. Ankle was fucked up. Broken ankle, badly sprained ankle. I don't hundred percent. I think it was. I think it was broken. Yeah, week two, Seattle out. Garoppolo put up good numbers. Garoppolo looked good in the system. Obviously, hmm. I mean, you guys watched the games too. And then what week thirteen? Yep, Trey not, Lance started. Not, Trey Lance started the first two games. Jimmy Garoppolo started the next 10. And then it was Josh John. Then it was Brock Purdy time, baby. Um, Brock Purdy Purdy time. Uh, Throughout the season, the roster went through some other turnover that's worth noting. Like they added Christian McCaffrey. They did acquire. And, you know, looking at the contracts now that we're getting for these running backs. Like they had, to, it was essentially the Jonathan Taylor thing where you had to trade assets and then still pay him. And they paid him 12 million, which in hindsight, it's like, yeah, but he also, like, I, I charted there. I just went through, I didn't chart this. That's a, that's a fucking bad word to use for it. I went on PFF and counted, added up three or four numbers. And it's like, man, he lined up outside or in the slot or, you know, as a, you know, a tight end or a receiver on the end of the line a lot. You know, you're getting a lot for what you paid for a, a running back at that point. And he just fits this. He yeah. fits the system and what they do and what they're good at so well. And, you know, everyone, the, the big story obviously was Brock Purdy and how well he played and Shani and how he doesn't need a quarterback to succeed. But, man, what a expensive but just a perfect piece to add to this offense and it was it was a very and honestly Debo Debo didn't have that great of a year. No. No, um, he, he CMC was off. took he a big, you know uh, CMC was massive in 11 games for the Niners. 1200 yards from scrimmage, 10 touchdowns. The good for them that mattered is that Kittle had a healthy campaign. Kittle was Kittle was broadly available. He was a lot better in the red zone as well. He scored like ten touchdowns. That was kind of a bugaboo for him. He wasn't scoring. Yep, Ayuk took a step forward as a player. He starts. He's starting to realize on his draft capital. Um, It was. It there were some head scratching moments where like, um, uh, Trent Williams missed some time, and I remember being like, "Well, well, there goes that." Trent Williams, you know, this is he's the only guy with a damn pulse on that offensive line. Good luck protecting Jimmy G. Now, it didn't matter. They schemed around it. Um, yeah, that's but, the thing, and I'll let you finish because I yeah. got a weird one to go into after that with Trent Williams. The only thing I was going to add was uh, the game that Trent Williams got hurt, I believe, was the Broncos game, Andy. And um, that had one of the, uh, the silliest plays of the season where Jimmy Garoppolo – Stepped out of bounds, conceding a safety in the end zone, and then threw a pick six. And because the pick six gets wiped off the board, 
because of the safety happens first, it doesn't turn into like the Orlovsky running out of the back of the end zone safety. Um, I was like, oh, that was good. That was actually a good safety. Yeah. <laughs> so we can't make fun of it, actually. Um, and Orlovsky did take a victory lap and then got I blessed. Remember. That was yes. still that was quite silly. But like that was a you know, that that was part of just the tapestry of absurdity that was Broncos primetime. Um, as much as it was a silly night. Oh, there was so much, um, so much Broncos we were fucking forced to watch. Yeah. Um, so here's real quick though the point I was going to make though about the wins and losses, and you, I think you nailed it in terms of just. These are kind of inexcusable losses. There's a world where you replay last year's season for the Niners. Trey Lance doesn't get hurt, and they finish like five and twelve because it turns out he wasn't ready. There's a world where they don't drop these games to lesser teams, and they finish like sixteen and one, and they're the one seed with the bullet. And then the NFC Championship games in San Francisco, not Philly, right? Gene, uh, but. I think the the story really of their season was Brock Purdy. They went undefeated with him as a starter, and he was Mr. Irrelevant. This is literally you are re- rewriting the second coming of Tom Brady, but even was, more ridiculous. That was one of the biggest knocks on them. Like, and it's I mean it still is this year, but it's like, hey. They didn't have draft picks. They didn't have a first rounder. Miami had it because of the Trey Lance thing. And essentially, it's like, oh, guess like I think their first pick was like a second or third round defensive end who's uh, oh, his name third is eluding me right now. I think Drake Jackson in the second, and but they did. It didn't matter how bad how many picks they had. They drafted a quarterback who's viable as a starter late in the draft, and yeah, it's uh. You know, there's a lot of as many articles has been written about Geno Smith and his, you know, possible fallback to earth. Obviously, we've had just as many about Purdy and interceptable balls and this and that. But and I mean, with Shanahan with a full offseason to think about how to use this offense and what we saw, like this is the fifth season in a row. They've led the league in yards after catch, <laughs> lead the league in anything positive for five years in a row, you've done something good, but something like that, where that's, that's such a big part of, I mean, it's obviously the skill of the players, but the scheme, knowing that you have those guys that are constantly, constantly just getting extra yards out in space, you know, what they averaged on, it was passes that were caught at or behind the line of scrimmage. They averaged 10 yards after catch. Which wasn't even first in the league. I think it was tied for second, but just everything they did, number. everything they did kind of plays into a oh, we could take it even easier on we could ask even less of Brock Purdy and probably still be pretty good based on what we have for skill positions here. Um, the weirdest thing I did in my Niners research, and I, I ran across this a couple weeks ago, but I dug in deeper this afternoon when I had some time was there was an article and it was one of the fan sites and it was like a, a grading of the 2022 season. He was, seemed angry, this guy. He was really down on, you know, like maybe if this team could protect their quarterbacks, they'd be, they would have won the game against Philly, you know, because the, they had three. It turns out, you know, they actually had like the fifth best pass protection grade. On the other hand, on the other hand, they did try to chip block Hassan Reddick with like a third string tight end and it didn't work out, but not, not such is life. But deeper into that play, 
there's like multiple articles, and I've forgotten this because someone mentioned it last year about Trent Williams tipping plays based on how he lines up. Like he'll I line up. That. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is a it's a play action run or it's a play based action on how pass. His feet were set. Yeah, it's a play action pass, and he'll it's a pass, but it's disguised as a run, and he'll just he'll set up like he does on passes and the other teams know this. They've even asked him, he he was interviewed about this and he's like, well, that's dumb. He's like, I do that. I know I do that. I don't care because we have like 30 different runs and there's six different ways we can take that ball each time. He's like, and, and he's like, and maybe sometimes I want him to think that or something. It's like, <laughs> it was a weird exchange. And I don't know. It's like, it's like a whole thing. He's so good. But they said on that play, um, he he supposedly tipped it was a pass, and Reddick got off even faster on that chip block. So like, there's I once you get too deep into the fan sites and the conspiracy theories, things get weird. But um, I, it's safe to say I'd still rather have Trump Williams on my team than not. Yeah, he's a whole future Hall of Famer in my opinion. Yeah. Um, if he makes if he makes an All Pro team, it like ties him with like. Munoz and yeah. so and and like some of these real great tackles of yeah. all time. First ballot guys. Um the so God went a million million ways to go, man. Like my thoughts are so disorganized about this team specifically. Let's start with Shanahan though, because I think that's really where it all ought to start. Um yeah, some and just it, something yeah. I something I didn't mention too in Seattle, and if you're listening to both of them in the right order, Seattle didn't lose any coordinators. They lost some guys lower down in Asai and mm-hmm. uh, God, the one other fellow that went on to be an OC somewhere. But like, it's another year of losing a D coordinator. Casales, Casales in Tampa. Casales, yeah, he went to Tampa Bay to be the OC, but you did lose. And I'll touch on this a little more later because I don't know if it's as huge of a deal, but losing D'Amico Ryans isn't ideal. It's not ideal. Probably not good. It can't be great to keep losing coordinators every five years. No, I agree with that. But, uh, yeah, the entire discussion about the Niners, I think, revolves around Kyle Shanahan. Um, Presumably by now you've had an opportunity to go through the Play Caller series. Um, It's illuminating, particularly about Shanahan and some of, like, what makes him tick. Um, beyond just giving you an outstanding um, fantasy team name with the Piss Boys, um, his kind of just psycho mentality about football is genuine. His philosophy is very straightforward. Create um, space. Dictate where the space will be by the way that you, uh, you know, the, your, the schematic nature of your play call. And it sounds simple, but he has been able to exercise and execute this to a degree that no one else in those rooms has been able to do. Um, There is a repeatable nature to this that is borne out in the lifetime statistical profile of Mr. James Garoppolo. Um, He stands out as a top six all-time QB in EPA per play. And I think you would give people a 30 names in the last 20 years of quarterbacks that they would rather have over Jimmy G. But there he is right there at the top. And that is almost entirely in my mind because of Shanahan and because of the way Shanahan schemes offense. 
And the, the yak is, is kind of the obvious statistical number you can point to as, well, you know, you don't get that by accident. You get that because of careful thought and execution and all that. Um, and it is easy to look at a, it's easy to be superlative and look at a player like Mahomes and be like, he's into, there's no way to defend him now. And I think that's probably true. <laughs> there, it's easy to also look at Shanahan and be like, there's no way to defend this. Not if he has these guys. Not if he's got, you know, not if he's got McCaffrey and Samuel and Kittle and Ayuk and, you know, Trent Williams. He's got, you know, multiple, you know, future Hall of Famers uh, running a scheme that is kind of not unstoppable, but just like there's no, there's no amount of prep you can do in a week preparing for the Niners that's going to give you a schematic advantage against him. You are always going to be at a disadvantage defensively. You just have to cross your fingers that your athletes have someone up because you got home field against them in the NFC championship game. And you have a couple of tips, like you mentioned, you know, a couple of tip offs to help you get a teeny, teeny, teeny little, give us something back in terms of an advantage. Um, I would say that, uh, the other thing that was pretty apparent from the play callers, or at least what the the immediate thing that it made me think about, was like, this guy. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a uh, what do you call it a religious person at all. I don't know if you know that, but I'm not. Religious. <laughs> I think you just say religious person. I'm not a religious person. Zealot has like I'm negative a, connotations. Uh, I'm also not like superstitious person really, but it does feel like. Shanahan made some deal with the devil where he was like, I will unlock offense for you. Or maybe it's a monkey paw. We got a monkey paw situation on our hands. He was like, yeah, he wished for, I want to unlock off. I want to be the master of offense. And, and, and the, 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 Oh, but we're going to take away your quarterback for health reasons every single year. <laughs> like, like this, this is, you're not, or of, you're, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. Like, 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 Oh, 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 you can have offense unlocked, but we're going to make you conservative at all the wrong moments. And we're going to take away your healthy quarterback. And because like the, the quarterback health thing at this point is truly insane. The number of years that they have lost QB one, QB2, and in the case of last year, QB3 is absolutely ridiculous. Like, it, it's it's not a schematic thing, I don't think, that these guys are getting hurt. I don't even think it's a health, you know, I don't think it's part of your training room that this is happening. I don't think it's you're, you're mis-evaluating players and you're getting fragile dudes. I mean, yeah, Jimmy G was a fragile dude, I guess. But otherwise, like, it's not obvious to me that there's something going wrong in your process where your quarterbacks keep getting hurt. It feels a little superstitious. It's weird, and I don't, and I don't entirely think that uh, what we saw between Shanahan and Purdy last year in terms of synergy is like really worth doubting. Does that make sense? If they're gonna if they're gonna do something on offense, it doesn't matter who they do it with. I'm I'm not one to doubt it because I mean, and it's a, it's a two part. You know, like I said, not only do you have Shanahan and what they've put together for a scheme and a good left tackle, and just like not, not only like hey, wide receiver 
and running back and tight end. And guess what? They can all kind of move around and they're interchangeable, this positionless football. But like, if you take that scheme and those guys, and then they're also all so good in space. Like, but just the, the yards after catches, you know, it's, it's not like it's underrated. People very much value that, but how they, yeah. how they're able to just take all the short stuff and turn it into stuff constantly is how you move chains. How you move chains is how you keep drives alive. You score scoring wins games. Like they're just, they've, they have kind of unlocked offense a little bit here with, just putting these people together with this coach and it is it is crazy what it took to take this team down and it was like oh you don't have anyone left on this team who can throw a fucking pass like that was such a weird it was like a sad ending and i know i had i had a i don't remember what the price was but they wouldn't let me bet much on it anyway so it wasn't the end of the world if this went down in flames but i had bet eagles to lose to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl before, like the maybe the divisional round or maybe even just the final four, and so I was like, oh, "Well, good. Like at least that's one step closer." But it was kind of a downer that the game basically was over. Like whatever the win percentage probability was was too low, unless it was triple digits at that point. Like they essentially had they had to go to Wildcat or whatever, and it was. I mean, they tried to bring Purdy out, didn't they? It's like, oh, he just he can't do it. His yeah, he was like, he was basically using something his, off, his offhand. Yeah, um, it was sad the the way the season ended. But again, like, I think the Eagles were the right side in that game. I think home field advantage mattered a ton. The extra rest the Eagles got mattered a ton, and getting the one seed mattered ultimately. So, see, you know, San Francisco to their own detriment, losing those games early in the season to those bad teams. Yeah. It bit them in the ass. If that game's in your house and you have extra time to get right, you're gonna you're in better shape to win that game. Um, so the question is: is was was Purdy a fluke, or was this is is he kind of the absolute ideal avatar for what Shanahan wants to do? Because I if feel you make like me bet one way or the other, I would be I, I'm pro Purdy. I'm pro Niners. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, feel like there's enough evidence to. Just be like, oh, hey, here's all these things that Purdy did wrong last year, though. Well, guess what? Beat writer for the he Rams was Mr. or whatever. Yeah. Well, not only that, but if you know this, Kyle Shanahan knows this. Sure. He might not be able to make good in-game adjustments and the right decisions when it comes to fourth down, but he certainly has plenty of time and knows these things occurred, too, and he has a lot. Like yeah. they, they weren't, They certainly weren't grooming Purdy to start in camp. And in yeah. preseason last year, and granted, yes, we had a similar situation where he was unable to due to a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the elbow recovery still didn't get a, a full camp or a preseason like you would normally as a starter. But just that the the preparation with the playbook, the preparation with the scheming and what they've worked on in the offseason, there's a chance he's better. It's just like, oh, guess what? He's he's a very, very reliable quarterback especially in the system and this team just went i did somebody brought him up and i know the knock is like they won too many games last year and the schedule isn't all that great for the niners uh there's some weird spots for them but i did bet shanahan at like 33 to 1 to win coach of the year just like Mm -hmm. he shouldn't be at the bottom of this list because their ceiling is like 17 wins 
you know, yeah, sure. There's there, there's a scenario where they just win all their games because this offense takes another step forward, and I mean it's going to take like 14 because they won a lot of games last year. Yeah, yeah, they will. Um, so here's so here's my general thesis about Purdy and Shaney. Um, into the off season with a quarterback who needed UCL or whatever he needed. I don't care what the actual specific. Yeah, you're right. He needed to go under. He needed to go under the knife for an elbow. And this is, by the way, the knock on Purdy and the reason he slid to Mr. Irrelevant was because he has an absolute noodle of an arm, or at least he did in the draft process. Maybe it's getting stronger. Um, Something in the water up in the Bay Area. So there's some something up there in the Bay Area. Balco dumped all their barrels in the Bay when they left. Yeah, the Bay Area has incredible laboratory uh, companies that uh, tend to have, you know, supplements that really help. You know, zinc. I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen the Balcoa uh, uh, Netflix yeah. show? <laughs> they're, giving them, they're giving them all the zinc, Andy. Um, that we can, we, yeah, I'd love to break that down someday. That freaking Victor Conte, man. Jesus Christ, that guy. Um, we should do movie review pod, but only oh, happily, yeah, happily, happily do that. Um, we just, yeah, I got all the time in the world. Um, we just yeah, we just that, need like an extra day. They need to yeah. add an eighth day. Uh, but no, the uh, the you know Purdy's knock was arm strength, but his you know his pluses are you know he's he's um, you know excellent pocket awareness, good mobility, uh, fast decision making, and he's you know if Kyle Shanahan as the coach of this team and the offensive mind of this team is effectively playing a video game out there. It was almost like he finally found the player of the choices that fit his skill set perfectly, or what he was, what he wanted most in a in an in a in a um, player was what Brock Purdy brought to the table, and it was like hand in glove, bang! Like this is now exactly uh, what I what I've always wanted in terms of a person doing this, playing you know, performing this role, and. Even though he needed surgery, it was almost like they kind of went into the offseason with like, oh, yeah, Purdy will be – he's QB1. Like, there's no quarterback competition here. Yeah, they, they, they really wanted yeah. to write articles about that, but yeah. it turned out like, oh, no, they, they kind of – No, they were sure. He was sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Shanahan was sure. He's like, yeah, if it takes him half a year to get back to healthy, he's QB1. You know, like that was the mentality you got after a couple of weeks of this. And – I don't know, man. It's a wild bet to make to go with a quarterback who's come recovering from this injury and just be that sure. But Shanahan is a guy that I'm not doubting. <laughs> I'm not doubting that he has figured out that he's the right player to execute this system at all. And with how good the scheme is and how good the weapons are, it probably doesn't matter. Like, that's ultimately it. Like, I was perfectly fine, and I wasted I wasted the American dollars betting uh, – Sam Darnold comeback player of the year thinking that Purdy was going to take till November to get to full strength. And maybe at that point, Sam Darnold was be performing too well to take him off the field. I don't think that was even ever a realistic possibility. Now I think it, Purdy was always, always going to come in whenever he was ready. And it just so happened he recovered, you know, he ground, he grind, he was grinding enough to get ready to play week one. And here we go. And it feels sketchy. It feels like he's one hit away. It feels like TJ Watt could end his season in one quarter. Um, but it's what Kyle wants and I'm done doubting it. Uh, and I think realistically, um, you know, as long as they have a healthy set of skill position players, as long as Trent Williams is out there and as long as the defense is, um, you know, full of hall of famers, then 
these, this team is going to win double digit, digit games and ought to be power rated as the best in the NFC, specifically because they don't have Dallas or Philly in their conference, in their division. Dallas and Philly are a coin flip away from being on the road the entire playoffs. The Niners are a coin flip away of being the one seed, in my opinion. And that to me means they ought to have the most equity in the NFC. And this is independent of what's going on with Purdy and his health. This is independent of losing coordinators. This is independent of, um, you know, basically any other kind of external factor. I, I still think the talent on this roster is enough to, um, to make them the clear favorites. Yeah. Um, little off season talk, like we said, uh, it's again, hey, we don't have draft picks, guys. Not only did we do the Trey Lance thing, but we did the CMC thing. And honestly, if you look at it all from a 10,000-foot view, like, fuck it, whatever. You're you're still set up. It'd be cool to have some draft picks, but they don't really have draft picks. And that's just that's just kind of where that's kind of where we're at. Like, they've been wasting draft picks. They've been wasting draft picks on worse things and uh, no, not nothing worse than Trey Lance, I guess, but they've been wasting draft picks on other bad players. Yeah, I mean, at least they just said, all right, we're going to cut bait. Um, losing McGlinchey isn't great. I uh, I dug into Colton McKivitz a little. I'm not super excited about that exchange. Losing Jimmy Ward, not great. But uh, the, the Javon Hargrave signing, I guess, is a big plus. I like that up front. Obviously, you have, I don't know, where do you, where do you rank their linebackers? Number one, uh, number best, one, tops. Number, yeah, it's just number one, pretty easily. And then number I one, do, and, number one, and there's gap with a bullet. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, like I said, they did give up some deep balls, and there was some sketchiness sometimes in the secondary. And that's where I I like that they got Wilkes when they had to replace another defensive coordinator. He is a defensive backfield coach. Like that's where he cut his chops. Like he's been doing. He was he was the defensive backs coach for the Bears when Peanut Tillman was, you know, forcing four or five fumbles every year and then mm-hmm. picking off another half dozen balls. Like mm-hmm. he's been with some good defensive secondaries. He is a D backs coach, so I think and and that's kind of what they said. Like when they brought him in, I read some interviews with Shanny. He said like, "Hey." You know, obviously, guy, we got linebacker figured out. Obviously, we have Bosa. We get Hargrave. Like, just fix the secondary and go from there, kind of stuff. So, if if they do take a big step forward because of him, the rest of the defense is already very rock solid. Um, just I don't know. I, I can't stop saying nice things about the Niners. I guess so. <laughs> naturally, they win like three games here. Um, the the Lance trade. Obviously, you want they didn't get, they didn't get yeah. anything back hardly, but it's fine. Cut your bait. It's 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 a sunk cost at that point. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is? Oh, the, and, uh, and Mosley too. Losing losing Mosley. I don't know. How you have that rated. Let me. See. Yeah. Okay. Let's go through the transactions since we're there. Um, McGlinchey is a loss. That's a minus. Ebicom, minus. Wilson, minus. Um, Ward, minus. Um, that's it. Everybody else who walked out the door was either neutral or uh, a little below minus. Even Mosley. like I guess he only played 29% of snaps last, last year. That's maybe why my rating is low on him. Um, 
the guys you added, you got John, yeah, Javon Hargrave, huge plus. Uh, and then everybody else was depth, basically. I don't think any of these other guys are really going to threaten for starting time. If Cleveland Farrell pops, I mean, it's going to be crazy, but it would be par for the course. <laughs> that would be some. That would be. It would be par for the course. Um, oh man, that was such a. That's looked at like such a bad pick in that stretch of Raiders pick. Yeah, but 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 relatively little turnover here. Like the big offseason move that uh, I think we need to spend a little bit of time on was Trey Lance. And what do you think about? Do you, you know, like? Do you have an opinion? Do you have a take? Or was this just bad process? One time, I I took a job in uh, in Wisconsin, and it turned out I was being tragically underplayed, parried very early in my career to the tune of like, "Oh, do you want a two hundred percent raise and better benefits? Like, come out to Wisconsin." I was unmarried, young, so I'm like, I'll take this job, and it turned out that town had a even lower cost of living. So for a little bit, I was a young man who was making, you know, twice as much money as I had made the week before. Uh, so I bought a 1980 Chevy C10 truck with the big flare sides and 40-inch super swamper tires. Like, it was essentially a monster truck. I saw it on the side of the road for like six grand, and this thing was just beautiful red. It was this huge. I'll, I'll show you a picture sometime. I drove that truck like four times. <laughs> like it was such a bad idea. I don't know if I was drunk or high or what, but I bought some. My, uh, eventually, my future wife moved in with me. She eventually took a job out in Wisconsin as well, and um, she called it a super truck. She fucking hated it. Oh my god, it was it was a cool truck. I took a bath. Like eventually, I like I blew the tranny on it, and like I had to put money in it and then sell it for even less. But it, but I mean, it, it proved a certain point. Like. Yeah. What was I going to do? Just keep that truck forever? Like, I just said, well, I have to take what I can get for this. I have to just sell it. This has become like, it doesn't matter what I paid for it. And so I'm, I'm fine with it. It's their super truck. Like, you fucked up bad. Like, you traded so many assets for a guy who played one kind of fake game his senior year. He played yeah. the FCS. Like, uh, Minnesota passed on him basically like the major college in his home state said they, they didn't want him. He ended up playing for NDSU. Like there was, you know, there was maybe some warning signs. He was great. He was great for, you know, NDSU, mm -hmm. but I mean, Chris, will, will, I can't say his name. Like there's plenty of good quarterbacks at FCS that have no business being drafted third overall. So like I, yeah, we fucked up. Hey, we'll take whatever we can get for this. Like, what do you give me? I'm fine with it. Okay. Yeah, living high off the hog in small town Wisconsin was something, <laughs> especially because, like, he could buy liquor basically 24 7, too. Oh, man. Um, all right. So that's, that's a fair, fun, That's a fun parable. That's a fun parable. Uh, I'm going to add, I'm going to, I mean, do you, do you think it was like, I'm going to synthesize it. And, he has a chance to be good somewhere. Yeah, no. Or do you think, no, what, what, what you just, what you described is, you know, you, you, you had bad process. You you were at a point in your life where you had assets and things were going well. And instead of making an investment in something that was practical, you went for the absurd. And the rest is history. And that's kind of what happened here. 
Um, if you want to excuse the Niners in a small way, because that was the COVID draft and there was a very difficult, it was a tricky time to really evaluate uh, what was going on. Okay. There was lots of mistakes made in the previous draft and that draft. It was very, very tough to have a fair grade one way or the other on Trey Lance because you just hadn't seen enough of him. But that in and of itself um, probably should have had been a bit of a warning sign. Um, if you're going to qu- quantify these players in terms of their player impact, his uncertainty bands were broader than any player drafted in NFL draft in the last 10 years, pretty clearly. And if you're going to take a guy third overall who has uncertainty bands that broad, you know, you you are going to live with this as an outcome. This was in the range of outcomes that he was never going to work out and that you were going to take an absolute bath on the assets you spent on him. It was also a pretty clear failure, in my opinion, process-wise in terms of drafting a player that will fit your system, fit your culture fit your timeline like basically the Niners were coming off of a Super Bowl loss correct am I, am I wrong there or were they coming off of a year where Jimmy G was hurt I don't 100% remember they must have they must have been coming off a hurt year because they were picking at the, near the top anyway but whatever the case was they had a win now team a lot of players who were clearly at like at their prime entering their prime on both sides of the ball and they had Jimmy G on the roster and they were basically using their draft capital that year as a little bit of a luxury and traded more future draft capital to move up and have their the third best quarterback in the draft was the best that they were going to do. Yeah, that trade was for Mac Jones. Yeah. And, you know, That's to the degree, the yeah, to the degree you already know with 100% certainty that you have your coach for as long as he wants to be there, then that input from the coach in terms of getting a player that was going to fit your system should have been, you know, maybe higher on the list of decisions, you know, higher on the list of this is why we took this guy, right? Should be, you know, the, 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 the coach's input should have maybe scored a little higher in the rubric of you know, the matrix of how are we going to come to this decision? Oh, look at that, that thing. truck. Look at that thing. Jesus Christ. It. You look like that, that was, that's like the, um, was that needles truck and back to the future? Yes. You, were, you were like the bad guy in Back to the Future <laughs> driving around rural Wisconsin. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's pretty clearly a failure of process on a number of levels, a failure of process in terms of allocation of draft capital even. Um, it's almost – I would almost – I would, I really would be hesitant to ever criticize a team for using top 10 draft capital to take a quarterback. But this is one of those times where it was not obvious. Um, and a lot of this is hindsight bias. A lot of the reactions are hindsight bias. Um, and uh, I think, you know, I think the fact that you are going to escape consequences because you hit on Mr. Irrelevant is just the most wild kind of karmic. <laughs> it's the most wild karmic kind like, of yeah karmic closure that I've ever heard or seen. It was it was a weird ending to how that all went down. Um so uh off season grade. Okay, let me go through their let me let me go through their rankings yeah. because it's it's interesting. Um I have the Niners roster starters number one in the NFL, reserves number nine in the NFL. So this is not just a good team. It actually has depth somehow. Skill group, number two. Offense overall, number seven. Defense, number one. Front seven, number two. Linebacking core, number one. Defensive backfields, I have number 12. 
Um, the uh, the defensive back, all three levels are anchored by an elite player by my numbers. Two of those are not controversial whatsoever. We're assuming Nick Bosa will be available uh, week one. His his grade is... So the rumor mill caught up a little. It sounds like they're working it out. And it yeah, says would, like yeah. he's playing week one. Yeah, I, th- I would think so too. Uh, Fred Warner, elite in the second level. And maybe the most controversial of all my grades. Um, Talanoa Hufanga, to me, graded out as elite last year. Am I on the right track there? He had some bad games, but he made up for it with some very good games. Like, I think if you look at a game-by-game grade, you're going to see a bit of a different story. Okay. But just, like, straight – it's like when he was bad, he was real bad, like straight up missing fucking full assignments. Okay. But he was when he was good, he was so good. Okay. So, no, don't hate I ha- it. I have their offensive line is 14th. I have the interior offensive line is 16th. If you want 2.2 a unit where there is potential chaos, it is there. But I am dealing with a very specific recency bias issue where I was sure that offensive line injuries and depth was going to hurt these guys last year, and it did not. So I really don't know what to make of it. Shanahan has aces up his sleeve to neutralize um, pass rush. He has aces up his sleeve to neutralize uh, offensive line weakness, and he seems to have gotten like like last year's group. You said their pass. You said their protection rating was top five, right? Yeah, as far as pass pro ratings. Okay. Um, okay. The sum of the parts. Not top five, no. not, not. So they got somehow their ability to do their job exceeded the uh, you know the sum of the parts from a talent standpoint, which again is a hallmark of a Kyle Shanahan system on offense, right? We shouldn't be surprised by this anymore. Like Nobody the guy should. gets more out of the parts on offense than you ever would have imagined, and oh by the way, he now has like the best set of skill position players that. You know, besides outside of Philly, he's got the best in the NFL. Um, and they have depth and redundancy there now, too, which is a little spooky. So I am really, I really, I, I like being a, a bull on the Niners this year feels pretty foolish to me. Doubting these guys feels foolish. This being the year that they ultimately get it done, and Brock Purdy kind of cements the, you know, the takes, takes the, uh, baton from Brady as the guy nobody believed in that somehow, some way managed to win a Jordan guy Love. with the Yeah. <laughs> I mean that yeah, just gotta get by Jordan Love. Um but like that's like the key here. Like there are plenty of examples of teams that in in recent ish history where you know elite Hall of Famers all over this roster, like that's enough to get you in to the take, you know, that's enough to get you to, into the dance, and it's certainly enough to get you into the Super Bowl in this end. It's funny, and it's funny too how the, the 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 main ingredient, the first thing listed on the label for any other team's success, has to be quarterback. So it's just, yeah, it's a yeah. weird deal. Well, um, there, my my offseason yeah. grade doesn't exist because essentially, I mean, they made a few moves yeah. here and there, but like their first three picks went to Miami and Carolina. They didn't do a lot of drafting. They didn't do yeah. a lot. They're kind of just running it back. Like, hey, I, I I like the hire of Wilkes. He's um, you know, it sucks to lose a defensive coordinator again. You could do a lot worse than Wilkes. I liked where they backfilled with what they had. I realized they didn't have much draft capital. They tried to find some depth here and there. And they traded Trey Lance to get rid of that distraction. So, like, it's, I don't know, it's like a B-minus for 
for you know not I don't know, not having a scandal in the offseason at least like you, you you win by existing you still have yeah. the team together two 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 last questions for you the first one um before completely moving into schedule and I, I'm fine with you no no grade um why why did the Cowboys trade for once we don't have enough time for that I have no <laughs> idea I doubt they actually ever use him. I feel like they just want to pick his brain on like what's chaining him up to because they lost to the Niners twice in a row. Yeah, they wanted the playbook. Uh, Okay. Um, And then second question question for you. If I wanted uh, tickets to the NFC Championship game at the Field of Jeans this year, where would I go for those? Oh, yes. And apologies (laughs) to you guys who are watching the long version and at the split up. But technically, this is a new podcast. So... Ticketmaster, Drew. You know, Ticketmaster. That's more memories are made. I'm going to get good at this the second time. When you're there for live NFL action, when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with the interactive seat map, the 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of these pivotal plays. If your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you that flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets plus mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze and you can even <laughs> customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team colors in the gold and red of the niners so find your tickets today at ticketmaster.com slash nfl if you can't remember a url that long it is in the show notes yeah and oh. if you are planning to go to see the uh, nfc championship game at the field of jeans it is in santa clara California, not San Francisco. Plan so ahead. Don't, don't it's like book, an hour and a half from yeah, the airport. Don't book your tickets for SFO because you can't even get there on the BART yet. Uh, book your tickets for San Jose. Uh, very, very close way, to the field. Long way company. from the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it's not even an ocean city. So, Yeah. That's right. Um, all right. Let's take a look at the schedule. I think we've given them so much love. I think <laughs> so. Here is the, the only real hard knock is they're playing a bunch of teams off buys yeah they really uh they got a tough uh they got a tough draw not like rams tough but tough yeah they they didn't they did end up with a bunch of rest disadvantage spots and in some cases they'll be playing at cleveland who's off their buy and it's a you know a road game where you have to travel for an early East Coast time zone game. So there's a couple of nasty double dippers, and I, I guess this is the only way the league can counteract the Shanahan effect is, well, let's make them play against teams that are coming off their bye every other week, make them fly to the east, uh, the Eastern time zone four different times for some earlier games, and um, you know try to take away some of their advantages, although they are still existing. Obviously, Giants having to come out, that's a, that's a bad travel spot for them on a Thursday night, having to go to the West Coast. A shortish week there for the Giants having to come out to the Bay. Not a super good spot. And then the, the other one, too, the Monday night where Baltimore comes out and sees them. Nice travel advantage. Other than that, you know, you got you got a tough game against Philly. You've got what's what's your second toughest game? And I know you, your eyes just going to be drawn to the the center of the schedule with all the minus ones. But what's your second toughest game besides that Philly hosting Cincinnati? What about you? 
Yeah, as much as I wanted to say Cleveland, just because of the you've been picking the Dallas, extra, the extra been, situations, but Cincinnati's yeah. just a better team. They're better. They're better offense. Um, I look at Cincinnati as an offense that could definitely challenge you. Um, Dallas coming is off another a bio, fair answer. Prep sucks. Yeah, da- da- the funny thing is that the da- the the look ahead lines for Dallas, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Cincy and Jags, Jaguars, and Seattle. That those are all so close, all in that minus one two range. You know what? I don't think is close. The power ratings on those teams, Dallas and Cincinnati, is substantially better power rated than Cleveland, Minnesota, Jacksonville, or Seattle by my counts. Um, the uh, that Cincy game with them coming off the bye is, is nasty. Um, Cleveland is probably a scheduled loss at Cleveland. That's that's probably one where we're going to be making a case for Cleveland that day. And uh, maybe being on a little bit of an island, uh, depending on how Deshaun Watson if looks through the first strong, four weeks of the season. You, know, you start four and zero. Oh, there's some, there's some definite like sell spots in the Niners in that four there or five stretch. Oh da- yeah, Ho- hosting Dallas is a sell for sure. Spread. Hosting Dallas, hosting Cleveland is a sell. Um, versus Cincinnati is a sell. So like I guess first eight weeks of the season can see the Niners being in a similar kind of deal as last year where we got a couple of surprising losses in there and maybe even a couple of predictable losses. But, you know, if they get to their bye week nine and this team is five and three, despite being as talented as they are, not hitting the panic button, not going to be surprised. This team finishes with an absolute, just, just a glorious, glorious stretch. You have the one at Philly test week uh 13 but all of the rest of those games from week 11 on and maybe really week 10 if you want to qualify the jags game too from week 10 on like you should be able to sprint home and snag the one seed and uh i have i like spoiler alert i have the niners as one of as like the the most likely one seed in the nfc by a lot um, and it's because of the division. It's because I have very little distinguishing Philly and Dallas to win their division, and the consequence of not winning your division is road, right? Put it, I want um, this is just a two way market. It's four and zero versus the field, four and zero versus Arizona and the Rams versus any other result percentage. Ooh, four and zero versus Arizona and the Rams is um, minus four hundred. And any other result is plus four hundred at the uh, no big at the no big house. You got Arizona off the buy though. Rams yeah. early in the season though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I uh, take the other side of that. Yeah, no, I think actually it's a little the, heavy. The, like no, minus two hundred. If if you math that out, it's probably gonna be like one minus one eighty ish. But I um those two Arizona games. It's those still, two, it still feels like the the floor. I mean, the the main point is with that division, the floor just instantly gets a boost you know if, especially if you're able to win versus Seattle even just a split versus Seattle a quick 5 and 1 in division you get some of these wins against uh you know Tampa yeah. Bay you get the win against uh you know th- these other east coast teams Washington Baltimore Baltimore's a tough one it's at home though like you can definitely win these games you can win all the games on the schedule again like your ceiling is just oh, you won all the games. That happens, you know, every 30, 40 years. Something like that can happen if a team's good enough and things bounce their way. But the the floor is just so high. Like you said, it's so hard to 
not look at their division odds and kind of laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have the Niners as the most likely division winner. Um, I have the uh, yeah, their one seed price is a little short. Um, short is in value. I think it should be a little shorter, I guess, so it's a little long, whatever the case is. There's value in one seed for the Niners. Um, and yeah, if they really, really, really do pop, then Shaney, Coach of the Year, is going to be in the conversation. I know. I I just I get it. The He's behind the eight ball because yeah. the the team has won so many games last year, but if you can continue to do it with the quarterbacks he's doing it with, and they win can, like 14, 15 games, 30, 33. To yeah. Just, can you pull up the schedule one more time, Dan? Because I got a question for Andy. Um, all of this bloviating about how amazing the Niners are. I do not have a Niners ticket in my account for anything. I just have the Shanny ticket. That's it so far. Uh, am I being greedy trying to wait for maybe a little chaos early against Pittsburgh, Giants, Dallas? Probably. Like, like, am I being greedy hoping that we see a repeat of last year and that this team is like three and four and people doubt them because my anticipation is, I don't know how it will happen, but there will be a buy low opportunity on the Niners. It's hard to see with those first eight games. Like, you know, those are tough. The the Dallas through Cincy schedule's tough. That's kind of it. That's your buy spot. If they, if there's a two and two in there, one and three, God willing, you know, then then there's a buy spot, but you yeah, you need to they almost need to have a hiccup in those first four games for you to have it. I might just, you know, I'm not saying go take their win total or go take their make the playoff price or something, you know, just with no good return. Like to win the one seed to represent the NFC, like some of those prices, I'd probably just grab them now. I'm just a little grab more, them now. Okay. I'm just a little more hesitant to to think there's going to be this nasty hiccup. Although, you know, we did see it last year. It was a bit of a slow start. Uh, you've had another year to scheme McCaffrey into this offense. Honestly, terrified to see what they do against Arizona in week four. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good deal. Uh, you want to check out and some yes, the Rams. If, if the Rams starters are not good on defense, that could be something. Like Jesus. It could. Uh, so this is why I asked because the Super Bowl price is 10 to 1. The NFC is 4 to 1. Those aren't really getting you out of bed in the morning. <laughs> Those aren't quite the you know the type of futures you're dying to to, to lock in now, right? Um, they're probably they would probably be dogs if they faced the Bills or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That's my guess. They would probably be dogs if they do not get the one seed and they have to go on the road in the NFC Championship game against Philly or Dallas. The market rates those teams all about the same. Do you so know what I the one seed price is now? No, what is it? It's basically the NFC price. Like, you go to FanDuel right now to get the one seed. It's Eagles three fifty, Niners four hundred. So yeah, even I think that that's isn't... it's not crazy. I just keep an eye on that market because they they keep that up all year. Oh, yeah. um, the NFC West price should be like minus two fifty. The make the playoffs price, yes, should be like minus infinity. Um, win total over under ten and a half. Juice to the over. I get it. Um, 
not doubting these guys in any which way, but I have yet to, as aforementioned, I have not pulled the trigger on a single Niners bet because um, we uh, uh, I'd like to see we I'd like to see Purdy in action. I think, and I, you know, I, spoiler alert, I like the Steelers week one. Uh, I think they can upset them with Purdy coming in, and you know, some of the uh, lack of continuity swirling at some key positions there, particularly on the offensive line. Um, so I, you know, I think, I think you could see a slow start for these guys and I don't think it matters. <laughs> I think they're still going to win the NFC. Yeah, um, I'm looking at some of the exotic markets too. It's like to go six, no in the division is plus three seventy five, which is don't bet that please. But there's a, they do have uh at Caesars. There's over unders on division wins. There's a set at four and a half, uh, little juice to the under plus plus one twenty to the over. Oh, okay. That's a fun one. That's a really fun one. Um, okay. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about range of outcomes. We know what the ceiling is. It's Super Bowl. What is the... Uh, I guess, what is the... Non-injury floor? Yeah. I mean, with that schedule, there's still a lot of good teams. There's a lot of good teams you're playing on the road as well. Like If you're the... Yeah. This team going ten and seven, like that's. that's so you think three, cards, three man. or four seed could be possible? You think they could be a three seed? Yeah, if if they struggle in some of those spots where the teams are well rested, that team focuses all their energy for two weeks on scheming, figure something out. I mean, the the Bengals have a very good offense. Baltimore could be very good this year again. Minnesota, Cleveland, Dallas, Philly, like you could lose six, seven games for sure. It's you know. As, as high as we are this team, things happen. Balls mm-hmm. don't bounce your way. We see this every year where a great team loses to some team they have no business losing to. So mm-hmm. there's you know, there's probably one bad one. They had three of them last year where this team ended up in a, a bad game against a bad team. And, and how many games did Atlanta win last year? They won seven. They were one of the yep. three teams that went seven and yep, ten because yep. there was a three-way tie, Andy. In Atlanta division. was the best team out of those because I'm, I'm pretty sure Denver was like five and five and uh whatever. I can't five do and the 11, math anymore. Seventeen, five and twelve. Um, yeah, I don't know who the number two would be. Five. Yeah, their uh, range is like twelve. To, I guess it'd be the pack, like, like like if the Packers absolutely pop, they could get a top two seed. I'm yes. fine with that. Oh yeah, um, the, the the Minnesota Vikings, the Lions, and the good Packers, too. The Vikings, and good. Yeah, those yeah. all have they all have range of outcomes where their offense is good enough to win a lot of games. Yeah, I agree with that. And their divisions weak, and their schedules are weak. Um, Maybe even the Cowboys. Same Saints, Saints and Falcons, Cowboys. Well, the so the Cowboys I, in in this world where the Niners are the three seed, that means that the NFC East winner is the one or the two yeah. for sure. And then one other surprise, um, probably the North. I don't believe. Yeah, I don't believe in the Saints enough to put them in that conversation, but other people do. Um, I don't believe in the Vikings enough to put them in that conversation. Other people do. I don't believe in the Lions enough to put them in that conversation. Other people do. Um, you know, Packers or Falcons would be a fun one to get a top two seed. All that said, I'm not afraid of the Niners winning on the road against a team like that in the two three. So I think range of outcomes to the bad for the Niners is. Like NFC Championship game on the road. <laughs> like honestly, I don't, I don't see a downside that's much worse than that outside of catastrophic injury to some, like like bus crash type of shit we're talking about. 
Um, yeah, multiple cluster injuries that like, oh, your secondary is devastated. Oh, Christian McCaffrey missed 10 games. Um, you know, multiple skill position players in the offense missed significant time. Purdy mm-hmm. isn't it. Shanahan is in a coma. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stadium burnt down. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, the, like the the end of earthquake uh, earthquake swallows up the team. The end of Homer practice. at the bat, where like somebody's yeah. you know somebody has giantism, somebody falls in a pit. <laughs> this uh, Sandra's San fault rips the stadium open in half, and they they lose half the team to the the depths of yeah. Uh, so yeah, my my range of outcomes is like ten to fifteen wins. Okay, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, what has to happen to the good for the Niners to win the Super Bowl, in your opinion? Just Brock Purdy and everybody stays healthy and Brock Purdy takes another step forward? That's healthy like, offense. That's healthy offense. Secondaries. Secondaries uh, takes okay. a little step forward and the offense okay. stays healthy. Steve Saxon is running with the law. <laughs> Goddamn. Okay. Today, so. uh, uh, betting plan is, yeah, like I, I feel like yeah. I'm a little short on Niners. We didn't talk awards, and I, I love that someone brought that up on, on Seattle, but like – yeah. Purdy MVP in your in your range. It's of hard because the price is kind of low, and I don't think he gets the credit. It's like, oh, that's the him. magical point. Yeah, he doesn't get the credit. Uh, offensive player of the year. Somebody in the Discord. So I, I was talking about my the fucking tome I wrote on offensive rookie of the year. I would I, I wrote too much today. I got a little too deep in the weeds. But offensive player of the year, we're talking about like how many players are actually viable to win offensive player of the year. And I said like, you know, the top five receivers and like 10 quarterbacks. But I kind of missed one. And Christian McCaffrey was somebody said he they bet him at like 20 to one. Hmm. He could have in this offense, and I know there's other mouths to feed, but there's pretty a important there's a path to like 2,500 yards and 15 touchdowns between, you know, 2,500 combined yards, obviously not rushing. Like he could have a very outstanding season where, all right, here's the best quarterback. They get MVP, but Jesus Christian McCaffrey and they won 15 games and he ran for 1400 yards and caught another, you know, like if he has a thousand thousand season, which is honestly in the, in, in the range of outcomes. There's a there's a path for him. I like if I had to go uh one award, I think that's the one I I would like the most for the Niners. Just okay. because I mean we just you're not gonna get and they've they've done it twice in the last 10 years. It's tough to win defensive player of the year twice in a row, even though I just mentioned it has happened. Um it's I don't uh, obviously rookie of the year isn't happening. They don't have any. They didn't draft it. Name close your eyes and name a, a player that the 49ers drafted this year too. Uh, uh yeah they didn't i didn't draft remember third round drew it, i can't it's, yeah it's, no no i i uh i'm trying to remember what positional group was it a secondary piece uh cornerback or something yeah, now we just resigned ourselves to trying to name like a there they they drafted three players in the third round a yeah safety, one of them was a, a corner one a of them was safety yeah safety safety Jair i don't remember Brown, the tight end who's the tight end uh, Cameron Latu, Bama. Oh, did he get cut? And they they drafted the. Oh, he's on IR. Okay. He's the insert. Okay. Jake Moody, the kicker. They took a kicker in round three. Ugh. Boy. Don't love special like, teams on the Rams. I, I I think, I think it's funny too. I mean, I, he's their kicker. Um, he's going to be their kicker. Um, but Dan pointed out like. 
or somebody said it. I think Dan was mentioning something around the like, hey, we're not any good at drafting. Why should we even keep these? Let's just we're not gonna find a Christian McCaffrey if he gave us a hundred picks. Let's just trade five for him. Okay, hey. that works. Okay. Deal. Cool. Um if you had to make a bet on the Niners right now, if you had to yeah. make a season long bet, which one would you like? Kind of as yes. a closer here. Super Bowl. 10 to 1. Super Bowl, just 10 to 1 Super yeah. Bowl because that gets shorter. Yeah. I think like so. There's a scenario where that's three, four, five to one with them. Yeah. What is the price going into the playoffs if they have the one seed? I'm trying to think what Phillies was going in. You know, obviously there were so many good. That's the thing. Oh, there's so many good AFC teams. Yeah, you only got to play one. You only got to play one. You got, you have the benefit. You, we know you have the benefit of an imbalanced bracket. So, yeah, you're basically playing a team you should be favored by at least a touchdown over at home, uh, a good team in the NFC Championship where you should be a three-point favorite maybe. Yeah. And then a uh, slight dog in the Super Bowl. So what are those money lines? Mm. You know, 300, 200, and even. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, the Eagles were like in the 5-1 to one range. Entering the playoffs round last year, I think there was still some doubt that Hertz was going to get any wins in the playoffs. Three to one. Yeah, I think actually the I'm not even sure the Eagles were the shortest. The Niners were favorites in the uh, NFC last year entering the playoffs at plus four fifty. This is Super Bowl price, so they were as a two seed last year, Andy. They were plus four fifty heading in, which means as a two seed this year you would expect something like plus four fifty, and as a one seed this year you expect something like plus three hundred. Yeah, 275, 300, something along those lines. So. Sam, you bring up a golden point that I did not cover, and I got to say it. Shani, yeah. I would love, love, love some evidence-based reason to believe that Shani is learning how to be a more aggressive in-game decision-maker this season. Would love it, because he is still very much a question mark when it comes to putting away a lead, even the most historic lead in Super Bowl history that was lost. And uh, and you know and and just in general, like having the killer instinct to to beat a Mahomes in the Super Bowl as as the Niners coach was was a little lacking. So um, I will not. I you know there, you can doubt him for losing two NFC Championship games on the road, um, but both of those were a little fluky. The Rams won. If they were a little more aggressive, they probably win. But really, they just needed Tart to catch that damn interception. I see. Damn, I wanted the Rams to win that game. But yeah, if they if they do intercept Stafford in the third quarter, the game is over. Um, so they were close. Yeah, can they can they do it on a cold, rainy night in Lambeau though? We'll see. <laughs> you think I'm it's still... gonna be raining in late January in Lambeau? We we get we get these. It's called the January thaw. You're buying into the you're buying into the climate. Uh, the the I forget what the stupid. It's like ninety five degrees this week. I buy into anything now. You're, you're, you're buying right. into yeah. No, I'm I'm obviously being facetious. Climate change is climate change real. is real. Yeah, very very real. Um, all right. Good job. Let's call it a podcast. We'll be uh we'll be pre recording one for Labor Day, guys. Uh, like we always do. We won't be live for that one. Hopefully we don't say anything that makes us look stupid over the uh, over the things that happen on the weekend. But yeah, uh, congratulations to the Jacksonville Jaguars on trading for Nick Bosa. That really does take oh their defense God. to a championship that, level. But then, yeah, to mark your calendars <laughs> next Wednesday. 
every game. Oh, yeah. I'm pumped. I like those a lot. Uh, also, part of my uh, process, baby. We got bonus content coming for your Labor Day weekend, so we are not leaving you in the lurch to uh, to barbecue without good NFL content. Did you already say that? Yeah, was, we're gonna oh. pre-record the yeah. kind of our yeah. some our, our summation. Yes, our final arguments. I'm gonna call it the capstone episode. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So look look for that Monday as you're lounging around the grill. And uh, check you guys on Twitter. Check you guys in the Discord. Hit the thumbs up on the way out. That would be really appreciative. Uh, if you buy some tickets, support Ticketmaster, I suppose. That'd be great, too. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week, Wednesday, live. I was wondering Drew, if there was a thing that I forgot about, but no, Drew just wasn't listening. Yeah, I was. Drew spaced a little there. I spaced because I'm. I got. I got Wozniacki in this wild, weird cat speedo thing. That she's wearing it again. Adidas is like on there. It's, it's-